I appreciate ministries like Young Life and Young Lives who uh, their mission is to not only meet a practical need that exists outside our community, in our community, but uh, it, their goal is to not just help out young moms. Their goal is not to just hang out with teenagers. Their goal is to point to Jesus Christ. Their goal is to shine light on young lives. And so uh, it, 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 it does my heart good to see that there are ministries out there that are looking to reach those who are outside of traditional church walls and to shine light where there is darkness. And I, it makes me sad because there are times in the past where the universal church wasn't necessarily a great model of the love of Jesus Christ. When it came to young teenage women who... Uh, found themselves in a bad situation because they found themselves pregnant and they found themselves doing this outside of marriage. Sometimes in the past, the church has had a history of shunning those women, persecuting those women, putting them down, instead of reaching them and pointing them to Jesus Christ to treat them in a bad way. And if you look in the Word of God, there's nothing about shunning people who have committed sin. There's nothing about that that is biblical. There's nothing about that that is in the Word of God. If you look at the Word of God, it is very clear that you reach out to everybody. You reach out to all people, despite what they have done in their past. Because if Jesus can separate your sins as far as the East is from the West, then we should not be keeping a whole lot of records as far as what somebody has done in the past. Instead, we should be pointing them to Jesus Christ. And the reason we do that is because we have a record in the Word of God of what Jesus has done on our behalf. Amen. I want to talk to you today about lighting, lighting it up. Light up your life. And there's very few ways that you can find yourselves lighting up your life. I find that uh, in, in times past, uh, the, the, like I said before, the church has found ways to find for itself what is valuable, find for itself what is important, and then make judgments based on that and not consulting the Word of God. And wouldn't it be crazy if we applied that same attitude to everything th that we do in our lives? For instance... One of the things that I am absolutely convinced that people do whatever it is they want despite what the law says is, is when I'm out on the road driving. <laughs> people don't seem to care what the law says. There are times where I'm sitting there wondering, how in the world do you make that decision? Not only because you are endangering the lives of other people, but that can't be healthy for you. That can't be healthy what you're doing. And there are times where I constantly say, you know what, you're evil. <laughs> it's true, right? They're evil. They're doing something that is completely against the law, and they are risking the, the lives of people who are around them. There are, how many of you have seen a yield sign before? How many of you encountered somebody who seems to have zero idea how a yield sign works? <laughs> You're driving along on the highway. There's a lane that is right next to you that is about to end. There's a yield sign. And then there's somebody who comes up alongside of you and decides they want to navigate from their lane 
into your lane. And not only do they want to be in your lane, they want to occupy the exact same space as your vehicle. And so when there is a near collision and you go out of the way and then they finally give you that look. You, you, you've, you've seen the look? The look that says, what are you doing? Why didn't you get out of my way? And I'm sitting there wondering, do you not see the yield sign that it is your responsibility to yield, not mine? And I find that there are so many times when I'm on the road that people just seem to do whatever it is that they want to do. And there are times that I want to do that. There are times when somebody is in my way, and I was like, what, it would, what would it be like if I didn't wait for them? What if I just rammed them off the road? Get them out of the way. It's a public service. <laughs> they're dangerous. This is really for the good of everybody, not just because they're in my way. But if I were to do that over and over and over again, obviously, that wouldn't be healthy for those who are around me. That's not very loving to those who are around me. And eventually, I'm going to hit the wrong person. And it wouldn't be very healthy for me. Either I would hit somebody too hard and the accident itself would cause a danger or somebody would find that they would need to take their own action and, you know, beat me up. And so there are, there are times in life where we have this, uh, this sense about us that we can just do whatever it is that we want, but in reality, if we are not looking at the Word of God, if we're not looking at something that lights up our life, that illuminates and helps bring us to a state of health instead of a state of dysfunction, then we are in the midst of darkness. We are falling short of where God wants us to be. And I want to talk to you today about our main text, Psalms 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so I have this little lantern here. Obviously, back at the time when the author wrote this, there wasn't something as sophisticated as this. In fact, there wasn't really a lamp that was able to go much further than outside a person's home. And so a lamp at that time was meant to illuminate your immediate area your immediate situation. And so there was this, these little shallow bowls that were filled with oil. There was this crude wick that would come out of the bowl. You would light the wick, and you would have light to shine around your immediate situation around you. And so they would go and carry a lamp that go from one place to another in their home. It wasn't meant for outdoor use. And so I want to talk to you today about the Word of God lights up our present situation, the immediate area around us. And we have, these, we have a lamp that, is, that can shine so that we can see where we're going, so that we can see what is around us, so that we can see our own present situation. A Word of God is a lamp to guide our footsteps. One of the questions that is answered by the word of God lighting up our present situations, one of the questions that is answered is, is where, where am I standing? Where am I standing? It matters where you stand in any given situation. 
Sometimes you can find yourself standing in the middle of the street, and if you remain there, it's going to be a problem. Eventually, a bus is going to come or some other motor vehicle. I'm a large individual, but I'm, I'm assuming that whatever vehicle hits me at any type of speed, it's probably going to create a problem for me. But if I stand in the wrong place, then it's not necessarily going to lead to health. It's not necessarily going to lead into the right situation. And I find that so many of us at times are so busy standing that we are not looking around. We don't know because we're not consulting the word of God to see if this is a healthy place to stand. And a good place to look at the word of God to see where we are standing is the life of Jesus Christ. And if you look in the Gospels, we see time and time again uh, verses that talk about us turning to Jesus, us trusting in Jesus. Why? Because if we are left to our own devices, we find ourselves standing in a place that doesn't offer health, that doesn't offer life. If we take a look at John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he, pr and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. The Word of God talks about that there is only one way for us as human beings to produce fruit, and that is to remain in Jesus Christ. We have passage after passage, even in the Old Testament, that their main purpose is to point ahead to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. All of which says, how do we as human beings interact with a loving God that wishes to rescue us from our complete and total depravity? How do we rescue, how can we be rescued from a, a, an unconquerable situation that we are unable to conquer our own sin and our own death? How can we do that? The Bible says very, very clear over and over and over again, it is because of Jesus Christ. So when we look at the word of God in our life, it lights up the area around us and it tells us where we are standing. Are we standing in Jesus Christ? Are we truly trusting in him? Or are we leaving it up to our own devices to say, this is really what's valuable and this is really what is important and it doesn't really matter what Jesus has to say about it. I find that a lot of times in my own life, I say I trust Jesus. I say that I love him, but when I look at the word of God and I look where I'm standing, is it's not standing in Jesus, it's standing in my own works, my own accomplishments. And then I say, see, Jesus, Jesus loves this because I'm doing good things. Do you see the good things that I'm doing? Jesus must love me. Jesus must have his approval. And in reality, when I take a look at the word of God, I know that there is not any righteous work that I do that can merit God's approval in my life. It's important for us to trust in the word of God and the word of God alone. And if we don't trust the word of God, then we don't have light that will illuminate our present situation. 
one of the things that is important that Pastor Doug has already alluded to is, is that in the book of James, in the first chapter, it talks about not only being hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word as well. Now, what good would it be if I were to build a house and there has already been a blueprint in place, there's already uh, uh, designs in place, and then I decide I'm not going to look at the blueprints whatsoever. Or I do look at the blueprints, but then I just completely do my own thing. It's going to be hard for me to build a house that is up to the original design that it was meant to be, that if I read it and then completely ignore what that says. And in that passage in the book of James talks about that if we look at the word of God that illuminates our life and then we forget what it says, it's like we looked at ourselves in the mirror and then we forget what we look like. So imagine looking at the mirror when you wake up in the morning. You've got crud coming out of your eye. Your hair is a mess. I don't have to worry about that a whole lot. But... Say, for instance, I, I went out caving somewhere and I have mud all over my face and for whatever ridiculous, gross reason, I decided I wasn't going to take a shower. I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I see crud all over my face, I, he, I see cuts on my face that have now become infected, and I look at it and I say, okay, I need to take care of this. And then I walk away and completely ignore what I just saw. That's what it is like for us when we read the Word of God over and over and over again, but we refuse to act on it. The Word points out infection. The Word points out disease. The Word points out dirt and crud that needs to be cleaned up and removed. And if we refuse to act on what the Word of God says, we find ourselves in a place of darkness and in a place of, of, of unhealth because we refuse to react to what the Word of God is showing us in our own lives. The Word of God is meant to light our path, or to light up our feet, to light up our footsteps. I've been caving before. I was actually caving as a young boy, and some men in the church decided that they would bring me along. For what reason? I'm really not sure. It wasn't because of anything that I could bring forth of value. They were bringing me along to just invest in my life. And to this day, I still remembered that trip. I still uh, count it as valuable because I got to interact with a lot of older men and got to see some things on my own as I went caving. And one of the things that I found my, that I'll never forget is, is that we were going from one section of a cave to another, and for whatever reason, a light went out. And so it was pitch black where I was. And it was, it was urgently stated over and over and over again, don't move. Don't move. Because there's a big cliff somewhere or a big hole somewhere. And if you fall into that, you will surely die. But then we're going to have a hard time carrying you out. And I was like, well, that's, that's very loving and helpful. Thank you. Um, and, and so I remember thinking, okay, this, this, seems, this seems really urgent, but I don't see the need. I don't see the danger that is there. And then finally they got another light there, and they illuminated the situation around us, and there was a giant, giant cavern that was about four or five feet away from me. I remember looking at that going, hey, there it is. 
That's why I should not move. That's why I should stay right there. And I find that there are so many times in life that there is danger around us at every given corner. And if we don't have the word of God to light up our present situation, we are very close to stepping off the edge. And it's unnecessary. We have the, we have the privilege of growing up and living in a country that we can buy Bibles left and right. We have it on our smart devices. We have an app that we can just pull up and read the Word of God wherever we go. And it seems strange that despite the abundance of the Word in our culture and in our country, we find ourselves to be the most biblically illiterate that we have ever been. We, have, we, had the, we had this statistic that Danielle brought up that we live in one of the most impoverished uh, places in the nation. We also live in one of the most biblically illiterate parts of the nation. We've actually made the list. You know all the biblical illiterate places in the world, people who have no idea what the Bible means? Yeah, right here in this, in this part of the country, right here. That's where it is. We don't know the word of God. So what is the solution? Well, the solution is to turn back to the word. The solution is to acknowledge that Christ has given us his word as a means of following him. You want to light up your present situation? It's time for us to turn back to the word. The second question that is answered when the word of God lights up our present situation is, is who are we called to? who is a part of our everyday situation that would benefit from the word of God shining in our lives? Who are we called to? For many of us, it's our family. We have our family every single day that we can interact with them and, and, and to uh, recognize that they are in our lives for us to love, to care, and to support. And, and over and over and over again, the word of God tells us how to interact, tells us this is the way of health when it comes to family. And yet so many times we find ourselves doing whatever it is that we would like. I'm annoyed with this family member, so that means I get to treat them like garbage. This person did this to me, and now I will not only will I never trust them again, but they don't deserve love. They don't deserve forgiveness. But if you look at the word of God, it says over and over and over again, forgive. It says over and over and over again, love. It says honor. And yet we find that because of the transgressions that a family member may have committed to us, they don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve love. They don't deserve honor. So many passages that talk about family. Passages that talk about wives and their relationships with their husbands and husbands and their relationships with their wives. That has been a hot button issue in the past, hasn't it? Those passages that talk about wives submitting to their husbands. The reason why that's a hot button issue is because men have taken a biblical, an unbiblical view of that verse and says, I am the supreme leader, obey me. 
That seems to be inappropriate. That doesn't seem to be what that verse says. But because men have not followed the word of God and have done what is right in their own mind, that has become an issue. But here's my question to you, wives. When other people see the way you interact with your husband, when other people hear the things that you say about your husband, are people pointed to Jesus Christ? Can they truly say that that person is following the word of God? How about the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Is he saying that there might be some corrections that you need to take when it comes to your husband? Husbands, it says in the book of Ephesians that you should lay your life down for the sake of your wife. That you should love your wife the way Jesus loves your wife. The way Jesus loves you. When people see the way you interact with your wife, do they see the love of Christ? Do they see that you are truly uh, as selfless as can be, that you laid down your life for the sake of your wife? If not, then you might need to take a look at what the Word of God says. The Word of God tells... The word of God illuminates our present situation so that we can see who the ones that we are called to, who are the ones that are around us that desperately need to benefit from the word shining in our lives. One of the things that we need to consider as well is, is that not only are we called to our family, but we're called to others who are around us. That's why we have ministries like Young Life. That's why we have our missions program that is so strong. And that's why we, as a church, try so hard to reach out to the community around us. Because we are called to shine light in the midst of darkness. And the word of God says that over and over and over again. In the book of Genesis, after the flood, it was told to the people who are there to go into all the world and to multiply. What was their main, what, what was the thing that they did instead? They remained. They stayed still. And not only did they stay still, but there was no, there was no uh, looking out to anywhere. They didn't go into the world like God had called them to go. And so I, I, I wondered what it would look like for us as people, as, as people of the word, to just stay in our houses, never go anywhere. We see our houses as a place of solitude and we decide, I'm not going to leave anywhere. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to reach out to anyone. Imagine what would happen to young mothers if Young Life Ministry didn't reach out to them in their time of need. What would happen? Where would they go? What would happen to people who are in countries all over the world if missionaries never went? What would happen if we, as the church here in the States, never invested in missions? What would it look like if we had no idea who we were called to? One of the things that we as Christians 
should, should, should uh, emulate in our life is, is that we should have lights that shine before all men. Wherever we go, we should have lights that say, this is where Jesus Christ is. Jesus has done this in my life, and I'll let me tell you about him. The same Jesus who has shined light in my own life, Jesus can shine light into yours. And not only are we called to shine that light, but that light helps illuminate the gunk and the dirt that is in our own lives. Imagine if we were just running around in caves, pitch black, and we never had light to see what needed to be done in our own lives. It should be very clear that we are people of light. It should be very clear that we are people of the word. To help close up here, not only does the word of God illuminate our present situation, but the word of God lights up our continued journey. Here's my question to you. Where is it that you want to go? Where are you headed right now? Because Jesus said that if you want to reach heaven, if you want to go to my Father, there's no way to do it except through me. That's what the Word says. Yet how many of us are still moving forward trying to get there on our own works? How many of us are still, would like to go ahead, but... We, we haven't really considered what it would take, what it would look like. You see, there's something ahead that God is calling us to. Something ahead, something ahead that is full of light. For some of you, this is really bright right now. I can maybe do that. Some of you are very thankful. See, I find, our, I find that there are times that God has called me to a further place, something that is up ahead. And there's plenty of light to shine there because the word helps illuminate that for me. The word helps say, trust in me. Do not worry about what is ahead because I can see it ahead of you. And I find that there are times where I am so entrenched in my own position, so entrenched in what I would like to see done, that... I find myself stuck. I find myself unable to see what the next step is. But the Word of God says, trust in me. The Word of God says, follow me. As this, as this, as this last story is, we're going to close after this. I went on a prayer retreat recently. And I was taking a hike out in the woods and uh, I, I, I use the word hike generously because it was more like aggressive stomping through the woods. And as I'm stomping through the woods, uh, there, were, there was a deer that I not only scared once, but I scared twice. It started jumping and started going ahead and then I, I would keep on stomping and then the deer was like, holy cow, he's still coming and he would run again. And the deer would do what deer do is, is that they would lift their tails up and, they, and there would be this white tail that would be jutting in and out of the woods. And right there at that moment, I felt the Spirit of God speak to my life 
and say, you know, you are worried about getting from one place to the next, but all I have really called you to is to follow me, and I have given you a clear indicator, just like that deer did, of what to look for, what to, look, what to see. All you need to do is follow me, and you will get to where you need to go.